Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. What's good, man? This is Anthony, and you're probably wondering, what the hell is he doing putting out something else? He just dropped a podcast earlier this week. I kind of wanted to talk about a few things. Uh, first off, a couple of people have been wondering, why are you doing these podcasts as of late by yourself? I don't know if you've listened to some previous podcasts, but I have told uh, people and tried to give an update on a podcast that, you know, podcast is going in a different direction. Some of the people that came on with me have now uh, reached out to do their own thing. Um, like I've said before, more power to them and um, and and with them moving forward. Uh, some of them will be coming back. You'll hear some of them on the podcast, um, some of the podcasts that will be coming up. So you don't have to worry about it. Hopefully I'm taking care of your uh, podcasting needs. Actually, I know I'm taking care of your podcasting needs. You guys are telling me put these podcasts out and do more podcasts also people are wondering why are you the other people who are wondering why are you doing podcasts solo and do you like doing podcasts solo for me it's okay it's more than okay it's more convenient if all honesty because i can podcast from home or i can podcast in the studio um out in arlington texas uh, at fishbowl radio where normally that's where you know we do, that's where we do our podcast at uh if you if you don't know you need to tune in this saturday we got dr cat smith from here in Dallas, Texas, who's going to be coming into the studio to talk about uh, intimacy, sex, and love. Excuse me. Uh, she'll be in there helping us out, talking about everything. And uh, Michelle Williams, my beautiful co-host, um, special guest co-host, she'll be coming in to help me talk about that. And there's no way we could talk about sex and intimacy without talking, you know, speaking to a woman. And everybody, you know, some people are like, are you going to be interviewing a woman? Yes, I'm going to be interviewing her which means she will be answering questions, not asking questions. Uh, see where I'm going with that? So we definitely need Michelle there, a beautiful, strong black woman who's very intellectual to ask questions that I ain't thinking about. When I'm talking about sex, I ain't thinking, I'm not thinking about asking, what about the woman? Yes, that's selfish, but you know, that's 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 why I need her on there. So um, that's why I'm doing a solo podcast. Some people have moved on. <laughs> Like I said, some for good reasons, some for it, you know, it just didn't work out. Um, a lot of people wanted to know where I came from before I actually started doing this podcast. I was actually doing the podcast, well, not a podcast, but the radio for iHeartRadio and UTA Radio, which is University of Texas and Arlington Radio. And I had been doing radio there for about two years um, before I met some people who wanted to branch out. Um, so I left my cubbyhole and my comfort zone uh, to come out. And again, like I've said, it didn't work out, but we're still moving forward and that's where I originally started at you don't want to hear any of the radio shows that I did around that time because honestly I didn't do anything I did like a two-hour show I maybe talked 15 minutes out of two hours I was pretty much like a DJ so that's uh that's what happened a lot of people say they enjoy me doing the podcast on my own because I get to talk more they said they didn't hear enough of my honesty and brashness uh when we 
we're sharing mics with four or five people. So, hey, I, I guess that's a good thing. People actually want to hear something I have to say. A lot of times I feel like, what do I have to say that people want to hear? But I guess if you're being honest about shit and being um, vulnerable and transparent, then people like to hear that. So the reason I'm doing this podcast tonight, man, first of all, people wanted to know. They was like, man, you've been on a rant all week about uh all this racism and stuff and you know whatever i don't think it's about racism i think it's about education um i've been educating or trying to educate people who don't know things the first thing i educated people on or talked to people about was jim thorpe give me one second to pull it up and i'll read this verbatim what i had uh from from facebook and you will know uh what's going on so all right i have a board that i read off of along with my twitter of people asking questions uh asking questions and one of the other questions people ask before i get into the jim uh, thorpe thing they said where is everyone i don't i I haven't answered that question in detail if you notice i keep kind of skimming over it because i like to keep family business family business and in-house business in-house business i don't want anybody to be put out there like it's for bad because it wasn't a bad situation let's just say timing wasn't right for everybody and the podcast is moving forward and thank you uh for supporting and what we have going on so um what do we have coming up next we got a couple of things coming down the pipeline i'm gonna keep them close to my chest don't want anybody stealing my shit um i think i've talked about it several times and you know you got to be careful with what you put out there if you don't already have the ball rolling because people will steal your shit so you want to be careful with that and i'm going to keep this close to my chest now i'm going to address the rants or the ed- the informative information that i put out so we talked about Jim Thorpe. I'm going to read it, read it verbatim. So I said, so the Jim Thorpe College Football Award is an award given to the best defensive back of the year in college football. It's a prestigious award, and it's an award that probably uh, most people probably think it's a white football player who was Jim Thorpe. I said, no, 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 my friends. Jim Thorpe, his true name is Sack and Fox. Sack and Fox, he was a Native American who was trained to conform. Sack and Fox was one of many children taken from their parents and held hostage to keep the chiefs and powerful tribes and families in line on their reservations. This act was a part of the Civilization Regulations Law, which outlawed Native traditions such as sun and rain dances and the use of medicine men, which for Natives is a part of their traditions. Uh, Children were taken and sent to the Carlisle Industrial School in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. The Carlisle model was created by Captain Richard Pratt, and it read, kill the savage, kill the Indian, save the man. So I said, we've always been taught in American history that if you're different or if you are from a particular group of people don't understand you, white people, then you're considered a threat. So if white people don't understand you, most people have been considered a threat. Um, If you know anything about history, you know, the Africans, they said we were savages and they needed to tame us. They said the Native Americans were savages and they needed to be tamed. I read an article where it talked about when Christopher Columbus and them came over, they didn't know whether to look at Native Americans as human beings or savages or animals. And one of the priests over there said, oh, you know, under the eyes of God, they are humans, whatever the hell that means. So um, they also said that the, the Native women didn't they didn't look at them as women they they looked at them as sexual creatures that were over sexualized they didn't wear uh shirts they didn't wear bras they were you know they were they were people of their environment um to us that sounds familiar they said the same thing about african-americans you know they said that the native americans uh, did dances or natives because they weren't native americans before then but they said the native women would do dances that caused the native american men or the native men to swell up so and their penises to where it looked deformed. Uh, to me, it sounds like they just had big dicks and white people weren't used to big dicks. And I mean, that's what it pretty much sounded like to me. Hey, who am I? Uh, but I, I was telling people about this Jim Thorpe thing because I was like, you know what? 
when I played high school football, you strive for these awards. And I know people who went on to play college ball and they strive for these awards and they don't know that they're striving for a Jim Thorpe award. That sounds like a white man because they made Sack and Fox change his name, but it's really a Native American man. I think those kind of things need to be taught in um, in, in school while they're in Tottenham school. Um, a lot of people don't know their history and they're teaching the wrong things. And a lot of times, you know, with white people, they hear the truth and the first thing they think is, why are you being racist? Why are you bringing this stuff up? I'm not being racist or prejudiced, but I do think it's important to educate people on the things that are actually happening uh, right now. Things that are kind of uh, if you don't know your history, like they say, history is bound to repeat itself. And right now it is repeating itself. A lot of white people don't know these things that are happening now happened back in the day. So if you don't read a book or you don't know that, then you're, you may be even re- repeating some of these same things that, you know, we looked at as racism or our ancestors looked at or grandmothers and grandparents looked at as racism as something today. It doesn't make you racist. It just makes you ignorant and you need to read a book. My next excerpt says, so many times we talk about history and what has happened to blacks, but a lot of times the same treatment happened to the Indians as well. Most American publishing companies, newspapers got their wealth from the theft of native lands and gold. The Hearst Publishing Empire was built in the Black Hills gold stolen from Lakota, Cheyenne, Arapaho, and other native nations. I read this from Images of Color and Crime. Natives were rich with gold and oil, and of some 40 Indian nations in Oklahoma, only the Osage tribe was making enough money uh, to note from the black gold boom but all native people were depicted as was wealthy unwise about money they didn't know what to do with their money and their all so this image helped draw many white men to oklahoma in search of rich indian women and dozens of them married murdered and just uh got rid of the bodies of the osage women for their mineral rights in layman's terms europeans came over white people christopher columbus and his crew whoever the hell it was came over uh lied killed and took things from the Native Americans or the natives. Again, I'm sorry, I'm so used to saying Native Americans, but that's what happened. So again, it's not about trying to call white people racist. It's just saying, acknowledge the shit that you've done. You know, we, 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 they talked to us in school about pilgrims and, and how they sat down with the Native Americans and broke bread and it was an understanding and it was a treaty. No, that's not what happened. They talk about the Trail of Tears in school books and the Trail of Tears from what was taught to me in Texas uh, was that, you know, the, the after the, the, the sit down with the Indians, the land was not, it wasn't bearing fruit and, and, and things that they needed like it was before. So they left Texas or Oklahoma to go west to California and they died along the way for the Trail of Tears. But in reality, they died because when they sat down with the pilgrims and the pilgrims gave them blankets and things that uh, we use far as being domesticated, they gave those things to them and it was poison with smallpox. So they didn't know what was killing them and they were eradicating the Indians. Let's just be honest. Let's teach this in school and let's let's just be honest. That's why it's important to read half the stuff that I know and I'm reading now. I did not learn in school. Again, so they told us that the Native Americans walked around naked and they were aggressive and they lusted after white women. They said the same thing about black slaves. They said they were super studs who had an uncontrollable lust for sexual pleasures with white women. And we were and are animalistic and brute. Something isn't adding up. White men used to rape and kill black women and it was thought to be legitimate. Like a white black woman couldn't be raped. She was uh, hypersexual. Um, some of those things lead to today. A lot of times people wonder why black women feel so uh, feel a lack thereof. They don't feel appreciated. That's because they never been appreciated. 
before they came to Africa, I'm, I'm from Africa, I'm sure they were. But since they've been here, you know, the slave masters trained us not to appreciate ourselves or our women. They put us in the field. They put them in the field right next to us. They looked just as rough as we did. And they made them to be less than. And even today, a lot of black dudes don't understand these things that they say is pretty to be a black woman and all of that shit. Like, that's not flattering. That's not attractive. Jill Scott, I was watching a clip of Jill Scott in a video the other day, and she talked about black men and how they need black men now. Do you have I'm willing concerns? to go through the fire. Do you have those concerns now, being I, a black woman? Like, of course. Right. Of course. How, how do we not have those concerns? That's what I was saying. Black women are very vulnerable. Like my, my homeboy was like, women got all the power. I'm saying they do, but they're still so vulnerable. Do you understand how much we need you, brothers? Do you, do you, do you grasp? How necessary you are. Do you see what's happening with our kids? Do you, do you, are you paying attention Absolutely. that they're building more prisons and tearing down schools? Do you, do you see what's happening? How necessary you are. Not just your presence, but your voice and your, 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 <laughs> your command. We need, we need you wide awake. We, we need you so desperately, so deeply. Mm. Whatever it is that you have planned, keep it in the dark. Revolution does not happen in the light. It happens in the dark and there's normally some smoke in the room. It's so important that black men take up for uh, black women. Not just marry them and date them and treat them like queens, but respect them. Respect them for who they are, for not just what, what they look like, but their mental capacity. We wouldn't be here without black women. We wouldn't be as far along without black women. For every black man who stood up and did something, that was a black woman behind it. For every black man who was too scared to step out of the shadows, that was a black woman who did that. We can't do nothing without black women. I'm not here to do a whole podcast, so I'm just going to leave that right there. I just want to go over the, you know, trying to explain myself about some of these things that I did and, and that I wrote and why I wrote them, because the importance is educating people. I went on to say one uh, another thing about blacks. I spoke with my mom the other day about how blacks discipline their children a lot of times by whooping and whipping them or lashing them. And I told her how similar that was to how slaves used to be whipped by slave masters. I told her that I would never whip my child in that way. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't discipline my child in some kind of aggressive manner at times, but I wouldn't whip them like that. I wouldn't whip them with a belt. And I wouldn't tell them to take their clothes off, their pants off, their shirts off. So many stories were told growing up, you know, you or, or even happened to me. You hear people talk about getting whoopings with belts or picking your own switch and your grandparent telling you to take your shirt off or take your pants off or strip down. That's when you knew you was getting a real ass whooping. You know, when she come in there and she tell you to get out of your clothes. You about to get your ass whooped. When she ain't trying to whoop you with your shirt on and your pants on, she wants you to feel that pain. So. I correlated that or tied it into how slaves used to get whipped by their masters. You know, they used to use whips and they always made them get out of their shirt or out of their clothes because of the embarrassment and then whipping them or giving them lashes in front of all the other slaves. It put fear in the other slave to not do what that previous slave had did. And it it made the slave that did the wrong be conformed. And people's like, what does that have to do again? Whip leather. Belt, leather, parents saying get out of your clothes, slave master saying get out of your clothes. 
whipping you in front of the rest of the slaves to bring them into submission and conformity. I remember when my brother used to get ass whooping. I know you've heard comedians tell the story where when your brother or sister getting ass whooping, you sitting there crying because you think you next. It's a psychological thing. And a lot of people's like, well, what does that have to do with anything? You know, okay, well, if your mama's whooping you, my mom's 53. If she whoops me, take your clothes off, take your pants off, take your, you know, whoop me with a leather belt. Because her mother did it to her. Because her mother did it to her. Maybe if you go back one more grandparent or great, great, great grandparent, then somebody was in slavery, which means either it happened to them or they saw it happen. And subconsciously, those things stick with you and you pass those things down. Of course, you're not, it's no slavery now, so you don't see it as the same thing. But it's, it's, it's equivalent to they had patrollers like they have police now back in the 1800s. And patrollers would come out, make sure everything was going in line on the plantation. It was law that no more than five black men can be gathered together without a patroller there because they were scared of an uprising or something being plotted against the white people. Think about it. No more than five men could be standing together without a white patroller around to know what's being said. Nowadays, if you're standing on a corner or you're in front of a corner store and it's five black dudes or ten black dudes, police may pull up and say, hey, what are y'all guys, what are you doing over here? Break this up, go back inside, you can't sit out here, you can't do this. That shit sounds familiar to me. I don't know if it's me or is it subconsciously something that's happening or is there a correlation or is there not a correlation? It's just something to think about. But a lot of times we don't think about things because we didn't grow up in that era, so we don't see the correlations of what's happening today and what used to happen uh, back in those days. So that's just something to, th- uh, to think about. Um, it was something else I wanted to talk about. Um, I also wanted to talk about this foolishness, about this light skin and dark skin. This is one of my uh, posts from Facebook today. And it said, it's funny that we have this black and forth, back and forth, black and forth, back and forth about light skin and dark skin and how one is better than the other when neither actually is, is in the eyes of certain people, white people. I know some say it's just them joking, but some people actually get hurt behind this kind of conversation and behavior. I have friends who are light skinned who have heard from other black people, dark-skinned black people, you're not black enough. What do you know about the struggle? You get privilege. And I'm not going to lie, there is a light-skinned privilege. Anytime you're fair-skinned, there is some privilege to this life, but it doesn't negate that you are black, especially according to the one, uh, one-drop one rule. Um, I know I have a couple of light-skinned friends who, you know, they'll say my hair is natural, but their hair is straight and fair like a white person's hair. And you have some black woman that'll say that ain't natural. Well, you know what? If she ain't put no damn chemicals on it, then it is natural. It's the way her hair is actually looking. She can't make her hair look like yours. She's not culturally appropriating because she is black. So let's stop all this nonsense. I was reading an excerpt um, that stood out to me in uh, this book by Catherine Russell Brown. I think it was The Color of Crime. And it said, according to the one drop rule, a black person was someone with any known African black ancestry. Thus, someone who's biologically more white than black, quadroon, octoroon, was classified as black. This rule worked to the benefit of white slave owners, making the child of a slave master or a light skinned person and a slave a slave. That means if, if you got a white daddy and your mama black, you still black. And back in those days, your ass was still a slave. If you had a uh, white mother and your daddy was black, you still a damn slave. And your daddy probably got killed. So what am I saying? Light skin and dark skin, you still black. Cut the crap. Cut the mistreatment. You know, quit. You're a little different. Not because of color. I mean, you're a little different because of color, but you're still black. 
and all this light skin, dark skin click, and you're pretty for a dark girl, and light skin niggas do this, and dark skin niggas do this. Like, that's bullshit. I mean, it could be all done in fun and game, but at the end of the day, some people are offended by this, and we're making fun of each other. And all other people are doing is sitting back wondering why the hell are we talking about each other? Why the hell are we killing each other? tell you the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. You already know dark skin girls no. have it up, but that juice is too dark, man. I need to no, see you my can't shoes. Have all juice about the light. Dark. The light skin girls are too light. They're not even light. They're like bright skin light. That's what it is. I don't. Did you don't see that? Smooth Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you why dark skin girls are top of top on top. Light skin girls. It's all about the light skin girls. Team dark skin. Light skin girls are better because they have good hair, curly, long. Light skin girls have good hair. What are you talking about, bro? First off, dark skin girls are queens. Nubian queens. Light skin girls. When you take pictures with them, you can see them in the picture. Like, it's not just teeth. Like, they're there. You see you, you see them. Dark skin women. They're consistent. They smell nice. Their pussy grabs. Their pussy quince. And then, <sighs> team dark skin. Like, they don't even need makeup to be beautiful. They're just naturally sweet. Like, they just have this, have this natural golden light glow to them you know what i mean you don't hear white people saying yo team pale team paler like it sounds stupid right but that's kind of how stupid you sound when you're doing this whole light skin dark skin thing at the end of the day we're all just people we're all human yes we have different cultural differences but we all pretty much want the same thing this whole light skin dark skin thing it's not it's not even just a black problem if you go around to different parts of the world like india philippines and, and all these other places it's it's a problem there too right and it's a problem that's really unnecessary because like i said a beautiful woman is a beautiful woman no matter what shade she is because that woman feels just as nice if it's lighter dark i'm just saying no. Team Pope, that's what I say. so people can't we all just get along there's no, there's no shadism here all right no, no matter what a girl is a beautiful girl and I hope you females don't continue to perpetuate these dumbass stereotypes. As men talking to you men, stop this shit. Because it's unnecessary and it's stupid and it puts a bad onus on all women. And fucking kill women's souls. Dark personalities. Man, you, you black men out there are kings. Start treating your black women as queens. Get rid of this whole fox stuff. Start uplifting these women so they can be the queens that they are. And maybe they wouldn't be any of these talks about light skins and dark skins. Come on, guys. And I know a lot of people like to talk about black on black crime and all that shit, but it's a lot of white on white crime too. Let's address that. Intraracial murders and crimes are the highest. So it ain't just black people killing black people, white people killing white people. It just becomes an issue like it always has historically if a black person kills a white person or if a white person kills a black person. But especially if a black person kills a white person because of the, the hierarchical uh, classification, blacks are beneath whites, so they say. I mean, that's 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 what they say. So for those who are wondering why there is still a need for resistance and pushback for justice in this day and time. Here is something you need to think about. Congress was repeatedly asked to intervene and adopt federal law that would acknowledge lynching as a crime. None of these bills were passed. It wasn't until 2005, which is 40 years after the last official record of a U.S. lynching had happened, that the Senate issued an apology for past lynchings. Though nowhere on the scale of the postbellum period, lynchings still occur today. 
That's crazy. Lynching still occur today, primarily in Alabama and uh, Mississippi. I know we've had a couple of things over the last 15 years, uh, the Jenna Six or and the stuff that happened in Jasper and all of that shit still happens uh, around. But you just got to understand, a lot of times I don't think we know our history, not just white people, black people. And I think we need to understand and appreciate where life is at this point in time. You know, a lot of us, especially black people in the black community, we're robbing, we're stealing from each other. We don't respect each other. We don't respect education systems. We don't respect anything. Um, Catherine Russell Brown had a story that she wrote about in the book, and I'll read it to you. And when I read the story, I was like, it's so profound. And we need to be able to appreciate what our ancestors and grand, great uh, grandparents and great grandparents went through to appreciate what we have right now. She went on to say, my grandmother, Katie King Russell, born in 1914 in northeast Louisiana, could purchase clothes from white owned businesses, but could not try them on while in the store. She didn't even know if the clothing would fit. But once she purchased it, that was the final sale. The item could not be returned. Her grandfather, Charlie Russell Sr., told stories about being a man, but whites only addressed him as a boy. And he had to step off the curb for everyone that was white, even elementary and grade school kids, and tip his hat. I remember being in Texarkana and I played for the basketball team at Texas High, and I'll never forget his name, Coach Jones. Coach Jones. And every time he addressed me, he'd be like, hey, boy. And it's so funny because I didn't understand the context and what he was saying to me at that time until I, I, I just kept, I, I wasn't getting it. Every time he would see me, I'd be like, hey, Coach Jones. He'd be like, hey, boy. And even at 15 years old, I just didn't feel like that shit was right. I didn't know the context like I knew it now. I remember seeing him in class one day. I raised my hand to answer one of the questions. It was a physical science class. And he was like, all right, boy, answer. Never called me by my name. I always called my white friend, my homegirl, Rena. Uh, he did uh, address uh, my homegirl, Jennifer Tettleton. He said their names. But every time he talked to me, he said, boy. So after class one day, I said, hey, coach, I don't know why you called me boy, but I don't like that. And I was like, I would appreciate it if you stopped calling me that. Even I said, I'm a teenager. I'm not a boy. I think a boy is somebody that's in like third and fourth grade. So I remember coming into practice, changing my clothes, running onto the court. He's like, you late, boy. I said, it's 12. Practice starts at 12. He's like, all right, boy, get on the court. And I said, hey, boy, I told you to stop calling me that. Of course, I got wrote up and sent to the principal. But it's like you can't go around disrespecting people. But now that I know the correlation to the story and how it connects to then and now, he was a believer of that post or pre antebellum stage, or uh, and he he probably you know was a part of the Jim Crow era. Well, matter of fact, he was a part of the Jim Crow era as far as his age and the time frame in which that was happening. For those who don't know about the Jim Crow era, that Jim Crow was over those signs that said whites only, niggas can't eat here jim crow had power over where blacks could buy their homes where they could live where they could work what they could wear who could serve them where they took a shit where they bought their groceries where their kids went to school all those signs that you used to see on these movies jim crow was over that these are things to think about man a couple of books you may want to read if you want to look at this stuff uh images of color and crime um I think his name is Michael Mann, who's one of the authors, three authors. I'd have to look it up and get back to you guys. Also, Catherine Russell Brown, um, Images of uh, images of Crime. Matter of fact, I got these books somewhere. But I know it's Images of... You know what? Give me two seconds. It's a podcast. We ain't doing shit. We shooting the shit, actually. Give me two seconds, and I'll look this up for you. 
But I know it's Catherine Russell Brown. Color of Crime. I think it was called The Color of Crime. Let's see. Yep, that's what it is. Catherine Russell Brown, The Color of Crime. She is a black woman. So you're not reading stories that are written by a white person. I think that's very... Um, that's that's a big deal. My my, it's like I said, it's after eleven o'clock tonight, and my mind is not there. But I think it's very important that when you're reading black stories, it's written by a black person. A lot of times, I'm not saying that you know white people aren't informative and they don't do their research, but the way they tell that story is not going to be the same way a black person tells that story because they are not black. They don't understand what it's like to be black. So, and vice versa, if a black person is writing a book about white people. I mean, they probably could still write it pretty good because we live in a white society and we grew up white. We, you know, we know, I don't know if white people have culture, but we know white people, black, white people don't know black people and they don't know black culture. You know, they culturally appropriate it and they use micro and macro aggressions, but that's another podcast for another day. So I just wanted to inform people and let people know what was going on with that um, and, and, and explain that rant. You know, I had a couple of friends, white friends who were like, hey, why, why you know, I want to know a little bit more about that. How do I get to know a little bit more about that? What are you talking about? What makes you say these things? And, you know, and I had the white friends to say, you know, we're not all racist. I told her, I don't think you're racist. You know what I'm saying? But you got a lot of black people that don't want to talk about it either. Um, I, I posted something earlier today. I said, yesterday I was asked by my black friends, why did you post all that stuff yesterday about race and, and all of that? And I was also addressed by white friends saying, man, I didn't even know that. It was interesting to read. And I had to go look this up for myself because I had never heard about this. We weren't made aware of this in school and nor did our parents teach us this. I appreciate it. A lot of them went and looked this stuff up and they were disgusted by their ancestry. They were disgusted by some of their grandparents. But they were thankful to have that knowledge because a lot of times I had a white girl tell me one day, she said, why do white black people always complain? She was talking about the protesting. She called it complaining. I said, first of all, be careful who you say that to, because not every black person is going to take that as something lightly. But I told her, I said, it's not complaining. It's a point of emphasis And it's people yelling about the injustices that are happening in America. And she's like, I just don't get it. And the best thing I could tell her, I said, if I put you in my shoes for two seconds, if your mother told you about how they made her go and pee on the backside of a store because she was too dark to come inside. If your great grandmother told you about times where she had to piss in a Folgers can because they wouldn't allow her to use a restroom in a white-only restroom. And the black restroom was disgusting. Sometimes they had piss on the floor, feces on the wall. And it wasn't because black people were nasty. It's because some of those white KKK members are white racist people, lynch mobs, like the Scottsboro Boys, came in and just fucked up the restroom because they knew black people would use it there at some point. They looked at us. They degraded us. They spit on us. They slapped your mother. They told your daddy he was a nigga and he'll never be nothing better than a boy. If you heard that stories about people doing this, my people doing this to your people, how would you feel? And she kind of just sat there for a moment and she's like, I didn't know. And I was like, you know, it's not about apologizing. It's just about being made aware. I don't think you're racist. I don't think a lot of white people are racist. I just think they're ignorant. And I don't mean ignorant in a negative way. I mean, ignorant from the perspective of they don't know 
because they have this privilege in America, they don't go look for it like we go look for things like my parents or our parents teach us about certain things and how they correlate to where they come from. Everybody's heard uh, when you're a kid and you want to go outside and play with your friends, every parent says you better have your ass back before what? Before the street light goes out, before the sun goes down. Back in those days, they used to have sundown towns where they would hang blacks and kill blacks. If they were out after sundown, they were free game. If they were in white neighborhoods after dark, they were free game. The correlation of that is if they, if your mother's 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 mother was telling you to get home before the lights came, before the sun went down, that correlates to you better have your ass home before the street lights go off. It just means something different now. But it still means ain't nothing outside but trouble when it gets dark. Anybody ever hung out when you was 18 and your parents tell you at 18, your curfew is 12. Ain't nothing out past 12 but trouble and legs. And neither one of them are good for you. So that's all I had to say, man. That kind of wraps this podcast up. Like I said, I wanted to give you guys something. People um, wanted, still wanted me to do um, a podcast over Kanye West's album, I'm not going to do it, but I am going to tell you, you need to check out his new song that he has out, St. Pablo, that came out today. Um, I've had people ask me, why does how does Kanye West inspire you, especially the new Kanye West? He's different. He's not the same. One thing I'll tell black people, quit getting so used to this regular-ass hip-hop music. If something doesn't sound traditional, then black people don't like it. How many black people listen to classical music or jazz or EDM, house music? You got to switch that shit up. That's why music sounds different. That's why it changes because musicians know to use a different genre of music to find creativity, to find inspiration. The artistry cannot stay the same if you are a creator or a creative. He inspires me. He's inspired me from college dropout about going to school and not having to go to school to get an education or not having to go to school to be educated, to have class, not having to go to school to, to have the finer things in life. But with hard work and knowing who you are, you can do that. You can still be successful. I think too many times, I think you do need education. I think education is, is you have to have one almost these days to have a job. But I think too many black people tie their titles to their names and make it and, 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 and seem, it makes it like they're more important. And then they become over pretentious. They begin to look down on people and then classism and elitism takes over. And some people think they're more important if they're using big words. Some people think they're more important if they have more money, but they're still shallow. They still have no core to who they are. They still have no individuality, no charisma. They want to be funny. They want to be famous. They want to be these things that they can never possibly be because some people just have it and some people don't. So I think it's important as black people to open our minds, not to conform to the traditional things and go for your dreams man a dream is just a dream it don't mean you can't obtain it and the failure everybody fails like they always say it's about you getting back up and trying and if you know what if you fail and you continue to try and you fail again then find another avenue find another way to get there or find something else to do have a plan b have a fallback plan and then in certain instances you don't even need a fallback plan because it gives you something to fall back on sometimes you are able to obtain a goal but you just need to get out and get it and you can get it. I wanted to give a shout out to the homie Artesia Swindle for quitting her fucking job this week. 
Michelle, I don't know her last name, Michelle, her manager, couldn't get her name right 10 fucking months on the job and she's still pronouncing her name Artesia. It's Artesia, bitch. Get her name right. You don't want nobody fucking your name up. Get her fucking name right. It's not rocket science. It's disrespectful to not get somebody's name right. We shouldn't have to name our kids white names for them to fucking get respect or get a job. We shouldn't have to. Too many times black people, we talk about other people, black people with crazy names and funny names. So fucking what now? It was one that was called Twinkle Twinkle Twilight. Now that shit I couldn't get with. I Some things we can go too far with. But if you have a black name, that's fine. If I have a kid, I ain't going to name him no fucking Jamie, Sarah, Susan, Barbara. I'm not going to name my son Jerry, Bill, William, Bobby, Brandon. I ain't going to name him Jerome either, but I'm going to give him something that reflects who I am and where my ancestry and my lineage comes from. It's okay to be different. Sometimes I think we get too caught up in being so traditional. You know, one last story. I was on a plane to go to New Orleans. We were coming back, actually. And it was this uh, guy, this black guy. He went to school. He was a track runner. And it was a white guy sitting on the same seat with him. And he asked him, he said, what do you do? And the kid said, uh, I got a track scholarship. I run track. And he's like, oh, that's good. How, what is your grades? He was like, I got a 4.0 GPA. I'm straight. He was like, oh, okay, so what do you plan on doing after college? He was like, I want to run my own business. You know, I'm getting my business degree. And he was like, oh, okay, that's great. He's like, well, you know, you, you, don't have, you, you don't have to worry about being, don't let your friends make you feel like you're being Uncle Tom because you want to go to corporate America. And he's like, oh, I'm straight. I ain't worried about that. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. It doesn't make you an Uncle Tom because you want to go make money and, and, do, and have nice things and do nice things. The white guy was... He was on to something, but he didn't know what he was talking about. Uncle Tom, why black people don't look at black people as Uncle Tums because they do better for themselves. We don't look at black people, men or women, as Uncle Tums because they go and do better for themselves, because they go to corporate America. We look at them as Uncle Tums when they look at whatever the white man is doing can do no wrong. When everything that the white man does is right. When you're out trying to cater to the white man when you're out jumping through hoops to please the white man I heard somebody say one day we need more white friends what motherfucker if you ain't got white friends and they ain't trying to be your friend then what the fuck you out looking for them to be your friend for you don't need more white friends you need more self reliability you need more self esteem you don't need more white friends one thing about white people is if you're doing something good and you're doing something progressive, this is not just white people, everybody, people will come to you. If you out searching to have friends, motherfucker, you need to reevaluate yourself. There's something wrong with that picture. So back to the story, the white guy had a good point, but he was way off because he didn't know apparently what an Uncle Tom was. If people don't know what Uncle Tom is and people haven't gotten it from what the little bit I have said, if you've never seen Django, watch Django, watch Samuel Jackson. He is an Uncle Tom. The white man could do no wrong. He was snitching on black people and all of that. That's an Uncle Tom. Being a successful black man and an educated black man and having more and wanting more for yourself 
as long as you don't do a crab in a barrel and look at down your nose at other people, you are not an Uncle Tom. You are just a successful black man, which it is a lot more of them out there than they lead to believe. Again, shout out to Artesia for walking away from a fucking job because those people at her job, white people, weren't treating her right. Why you say white people? Because even a white man said the reason she had been there 10 months in a management and a manager in that office in the morning, she still had to wait outside the door for a security guard to come up and let her in to be able to get in the building that she was fucking running. But the last girl, which was a white girl, had a key the first day. And she was stealing and saying shit about the company on social media. You be the fucking judge. Hats off to you, Arteezy, man. Good things are coming down the pipeline. Blessings, blessings. Go way up and let's go up. Wanted to give a shout out to my beautiful cousin, Bianca. And her boyfriend, Joshua, maybe your fiance, if, if he's your fiance, I'm sorry. Uh, but I know y'all together, shit. Bianca and Joshua just had baby Lily on last week. And I want to say congratulations. I will be down there soon to see her take some pictures on me, on the house. But for you guys, man, listen in this Saturday. Fishbowl Radio Network, download the TuneIn app, search FBRN, click on the blue bowl, and listen to me and Michelle Williams talk sex <laughs> with Dr. Cat Smith of Dallas, Texas. The first hour, we're going to be talking about intimacy and the importance of intimacy. The second hour, we're going to tackle love and sex. I have a lot of your listeners, uh, the questions that you have emailed to me and the audio messages. We're going to make sure we answer those for you. Hopefully, I do this interview justice. Hopefully we get the, the, the questions and answers that you need from this episode of the podcast, episode 53. If you want to follow me, follow me on social media. That's on Instagram at Sir Robert Poe, S-I-R-R-O-B-E-R-T-P-O-E. On Facebook at Anthony Roberts. The reality is on Facebook, T-H-A. The reality is on Instagram. The reality is on Anchor. The reality is on Twitter. Check out the site at www.therealityis.com and this podcast is consistently sponsored by Roberts Media Group real people with real stories thanks to my business partner Carlos Francois for keeping things going thanks to people like Michelle Williams who continually continuously contribute to the podcast and thank you to everybody who continuously has joined we've had a hundred uh, I think about a hundred new people over the last month to join and start following us on the podcast we appreciate you we appreciate your input we appreciate the creativity and the content that you continue to send to us we appreciate the emails and everything else and the love man anytime you're listening to one of the podcasts leave us a review hit the heart like us man let us know that you like it and uh, if you don't like it let us know too that's cool, man. So I want you guys to enjoy this new joint by Kanye, St. Pablo. If you ain't inspired by this shit, I don't know what it is. Everybody want to call Kanye crazy, but he is a fucking genius. Let's go up and always remember, inhale courage to excel success. I'll see you guys on Saturday. I can't say no to nobody. And at this rate, we gon' both die broke. Got friends that ask me for money knowing I'm in debt. And like my wife said, I still didn't say no. People trying to say I'm going crazy on Twitter. My friend's best advice was to stay low. I guess it's hard to decipher all of the bills, especially when you got family members on payroll. The media said it was outlandish spending. The media 
you said he's way out of control. I just feel like I'm the only one not pretending. I'm not out of control. I'm just not in a control. I know I'm the most influential. That time cover was just confirmation. This generation's closest thing to Einstein. So don't worry about me, I'm fine. I can see a thousand years from now in real life. Skate on a paradigm and shift it when I feel like. Troll conventional thought, don't need to question. I know it's antiquated, so sometimes I get aggressive. Thank God for Jay Electra, he down with the mission. Did it with no permission, on our own conditions. Most blacks with money have been beaten to submission. Yeezy with the big house did it way different. Never listen to Hollywood producers. Don't stare at money too long. It's Medusa. The ultimate Gemini has survived. I wasn't supposed to make it past 25. Yeah, you're looking at the church in the night sky. Wondering why a dog's gonna say hi. Oh, you're looking at the church in the night sky. And you wondering where's God in your nightlife. Yeah, you're looking at the church in the night the spirits of millions more to come a million illegally downloaded my truth over the drums i believe in the children listen to the kids bro if the phone ringing go and get your kids so brother Don muhammad told the minister about the presentation he sat back and smiled black on black lies is worse than black on black crime the jews share their truth on how to make a dime most black men couldn't balance a checkbook but buy a new car talking about how my neck look well it all looks great. 400 years later, we buying our own chains. The light is before us, brothers, so the devil working hard. Real family stick together and see through the mirage. The smoke screens, perceptions of false reality. Who the real owner if your boss gets a salary? I am one with the people. I am one with the people. I've been woke up from a light and man's dream Checking Instagram comments to crowdsource my self-esteem Let me not say too much or do too much Cause if I'm up way too much, I'm out of touch I'm praying an out-of-body experience will happen So the people can see my light, now it's not just rapping God, I have humbled myself before the court Dropped my ego when confidence was my last resort I, I know you got a plan, I know I'm on your beams One set of footsteps, you was carrying me When I turned on the news and they was Carrying me, one set of footsteps you was carrying me. When I was negotiating with Apple, it was Larry and me. Told Tim Cook to call me. I was scary to see. I would have took a hundred million and gave twenty to hold. I heard it's the way they did it when we only had the stove. But it's better that I stayed at home with my folks. Cause if Jay a billionaire, then I'ma never go broke. Only thing I ask is next time I'm on stage, we all go. We all go. Not just by myself, looking for niggas like where's Waldo? She got the same shoes as my wife, but she copped them at all, though. Modern day MJ with an off the wall flow. Night, light, walk all over me. Walk all over me. I'm delivering everything I've ever said to your brain. Fly, fly, fly overseas. Fly overseas, oh. Anywhere, everything but in between oh, And you're looking at the church in the night sky Wondering where a girl's gonna say hi Oh, you're looking at the church in the night sky And you wondering where's God in your nightlife 
Yeah, we looking at the church in the night sky Wondering where God's gonna say hi I'm looking at the church in the night sky And you wondering where's God in your night Please face me when I speak Please say to me something before you leave You've been treating me like I'm invisible Not invisible to you Oh, invisible truths they say that I can't quite understand what you say Understand, understand, understand I'm standing on the earth with my hand on the book I tell the truth, nothing but the whole truth And you always give me half of you, half of you Take half a shot Watch you know Church in the night sky, wondering where God's gonna say hi. Oh, you looking at the church in the night sky, and you wondering where's God in your nightlife. Yeah, and you're looking at the church in the night sky, wondering where God's gonna say hi. Oh, you looking at the church in the night sky, and you wondering where's God in your nightlife. I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer excludes classic Dunkin' Refreshers. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.